My classroom is all about the three R's, as in, er, teacher mad, er, students hurt teacher, er. Vidiots, we're back at Video High for an- another year's Schlocktober. We're gonna go through the gate with 1989's Hellgates. But before we do that, let's take the roll call. Casey Regan. Hellgate is the perfect movie to get back in the spoopy season because it feels just like going to a haunted house with your friends <laughs> or at least your friends' friends who repeat inside jokes you don't get and the person who drove parked in a weird spot so no one's sure where the front entrance is and you all wander around until you accidentally walk through the scarer's break area and get yelled at by an off-brand Leatherface ripping cigs. <laughs> Josh Roth. This is the cinematic adaptation of Knott's Scary Farm that I didn't know I needed in my life. So thank you for bringing it to me. You're going to do a whole photo shoot there for the Instagram. It's going to be heavy on content. Jamie Kennedy. Come on down to Vanna's Vanity Plates Emporium. Right off the interstate, just five miles from away from Hellgate. We're in the vanity plate business, and let me tell you, boy, business is booming. <laughs> Vanna, do you also do custom neon? <laughs> nope, that's what the next door neighbor. Nancy's neon. Nancy's neon. <laughs> no credit. No license, no corporeal body, not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> I'm Greg Hansen. Are you guys telling me that there's a movie that reads like a James Joyce stream of consciousness story, complete with horniness, but it's a late 80s lensed in South Africa zombie fever dream nightmare? And at the tender age of 34, I would see such a thing with fresh eyes and an open heart? Welcome to Video High, y'all. It's my motherfucking B-movie education. (laughs) (laughs) Chain rattle. (laughs) Cut cut in our custom Schlocktober theme song that we definitely have. (laughs) It was a dark and stormy night. Much like tonight. Well, it was day. But it was still dark and stormy. And the video high class was getting together for a meeting. Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay, let's start our weekly video high class meeting. I would like to propose a field trip. After watching 1989's Hellgate and seeing how much fun everybody had at that haunted Old West town. I do think... Fun is maybe overstating things. Greg, I have the speaking stick. (laughs) So until you have the speaking stick, I have the floor. Where was I? Oh, yeah. The fun Old West Town. Well, I found a Hellgate right here in New York City. Ooh, I love theme parks. The less rides, the better. Theme. Park. Theme. 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 
Pause. Did you even watch this movie? People died at Hellgate. A lot of people. Greg, you love spooky stuff. It's going to be spooky. Hellgate. 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 Right up. Hello, welcome, Benvenidos. You have arrived at Hellgate. Bring on the spoop. Hellgate, as we know it today, is a narrow tidal strait in the East River <laughs> that separates Astoria and Randall's Island. Mm, come on, bring on the hell. Hellgate got its name from a corruption of a Dutch phrase, Hellegat, <laughs> meaning bright straight, bright passage, or clear opening. Uh, what? Where? Where's the scary? Oh, but it is! The only real scary stories are the ones that are true, no? <laughs> well, in 1904, there was a terrible fire aboard the Brooklyn paddle boat, the P.S. General Slocum. Fire's... Good. Well, what caused it? Ghosts? Please say ghosts. Something much more nefarious. Something much more insidious. Relaxed safety measures were to blame. Relaxed safety measures. Relaxed safety measures. You see, during a trip, taking a boatload of Lutherans to a picnic, a discarded cigarette caught fire to the oily rags and straw aboard the ship. Once the fire raged, attempts to put out the fire were inhibited by cheap and broken maintenance equipment. <laughs> and when passengers attempted to put on their life preservers, many found them to simply disintegrate in their hands. Or worse, they would affix them to their children, toss them in the waters only to watch their kids sink <laughs> instead of float. Aww. This is Awful, but not spooky. What gives, Barker? It happened at Hellgate. Uh, what, what do you, kid? What do you want me to say? <laughs> Casey, I think you're being a little unfair to the Barker. It's not his fault. There was nothing occult about the tragedy here. Twas negligence killed the beast, or er, uh, Slocum. There were no magic stones, no zombies, no sexy booby ghosts. It's, <laughs> it's like this Hellgate is completely unrelated to 1989's Hellgate. 1989's Hellgate? The South African movie? Yes. Well, I could have told you that. Our Hellgate is steeped in a long history. Oh, jeez. No, history? That means I actually learned something today? Ugh. Also, I personally prefer the Sterling Hayden movie myself. <laughs> you would. You're so boring. Let's get out of here, you guys. This was both educational and sad. Well, we still have most of the day, and we were already out on a field trip. What do you want to do? I'm so mad at that Barker. All right, all right, all right, class. Let's let's salvage this and do something really spooky. All right, it's a it's a little far, but I think I can get the bus driver to take us to Sing Sing Kill. Don't tell him. Let him find out when we get there. God, I hate the Dutch. <laughs> Greg, is this real? Right. <laughs> are those real uh, things? Yeah, those are all real things. Oh. My I God. didn't make that up. That the the Hellgate is really a what? I, everything in that's not a joke. That's, that's incredible. Uh, yeah, this movie has about as much kill as <laughs> all that 
you what know, you river stuff. That, there was but a whole got, town of zombies. But it's got just as much slow cum, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, fair, yeah. From the special effects masters who brought you Hellraiser and Hellbound. Now bring you Hellgate. Where does this road go? Hellgate. The realm of the undead. How can you see what you cannot believe? How can you kill what cannot die? Take this, you zombie! Hellgate. I would pay so much money to go to Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate. I'm not joking. I would do it. I guess they are called ghost towns, but I was not picking up what this movie was putting down at first because I'm I I only know ghost towns as abandoned towns, not right. tourist attractions. Yeah. And so when they drive in, I'm like, is this a set? What? And, oh, okay, no, it's a tourist trap. All right. I guess maybe we're spoiled by our proximity to every a theme, theme park. park. <laughs> yeah, to, to three theme parks specific, and one that is specifically a ghost town. But they only ever refer to it as the town. Yeah. The town of Lucas Carlisle's Hellgate. It's yeah. not an incorporated town. That's weird. That's bizarre. <laughs> the town of Walt Disney's land. Yeah, this is like when I've learned that King of Prussia is the name of a town in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are you wait, doing? Wait, really? yeah, yeah, King of Prussia. That, it's that's right why outside it's called the King of Prussia Mall? Yeah. It's like if you needed a passport to get into like part of like Epcot with all the different countries. <laughs> and, it, and it basically has maritime law because like the local law enforcement does not go there. We, don't we yeah. have had 50 missing people's reports in the past 50 years, but I will not be investigating it. When the bikers show up to it in the beginning at night, it's bumping. Yeah. There are a lot of people at this boring ass. <laughs> yeah. Like at the place where they're like, here's how you churn butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was very confused at the beginning if they were ghosts already. Like in my mind, a ghost town is a town that really exists. This does yeah. this seems like a, a recreation yeah. of an old West town. Like it's it's it sort looks of like, like a Hollywood s- set. Like it yeah. looks like yeah. the I Disney that. Sure do. Yeah. <laughs> it sure do. No, I was shocked. When I watched this movie, that when I finished and started to do some Googling, that the first thing was not how many other movies this was created from. (laughs) Seemingly, this was all just one movie that they made to be like this. And that was the craziest thing to learn about this movie, was that it wasn't... I was thinking about this. I I rewatched it today to sort of get it back in my brain. I did not. I came to the same conclusion that I think it's a weirdly well-made film with the worst writing I've ever seen in one of these movies. It's like a competently formed picture. Why pick a lane when you can shut down the entire highway? (laughs) Fucking good question, Jamie. (laughs) That's always my hang up. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It doesn't strike you as a movie made on purpose. It doesn't doesn't like scream as like, this is what we intended. It's so bonkers. And I, I mean, we've discussed it before, but 
Josh, if you are uh, off put by a lack of a lane, I'm charmed by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm starting to come around. I think this podcast has broken me. It's Buckshot, right? This movie is Buckshot the movie. <laughs> it's making all the choices. It's hitting as many things as possible. And I was furiously writing to try to keep up with it uh, <laughs> yeah. because there is so goddamn much going on. But like, I couldn't, I really couldn't nail it down for the first two thirds of the movie almost. And I was so kind of so into that. South Africa? I didn't realize this was I a South either. African movie. Well, it was shot in South Africa. Well, that it was crewed so. by okay. South Africans, but it was made by. By criminals. Know. Does that explain the ghost's accent? Josie? Is that? Yeah, yeah, jo- the, yeah. Jo- Josie's the accent. That might explain Josie's accent. The wild thing is, at least on the Wikipedia page under production, uh, it says the director, William A. Levy, initially planned to cast M. Beth Davids uh, in one of the lead female roles, but ultimately chose not to hire her as she was unable to speak with a convincing American accent at the time. <laughs> well, Which did not him. stop him from <laughs> casting somebody else. Yeah. Literally, what did she sound like? <laughs> <laughs> what could not. she have sound like? I bet Davids would be known... Uh, three years later as Sheila in Army of Darkness. Oh, my oh, God. Really? Oh, my God. <sighs> Something about... Ooh, Casey, I'm getting the feeling you weren't on our wavelength on this one. I just I just had a hard time giving any, any single shits. <laughs> 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 I, I really watched Hellgate with, like, a... Uh, Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's it's hard to be grabbed again when the direction changes every three seconds, but <laughs> but I I leaned into the whiplash. Like yep. I leaned into the off track. Like it felt like a roller coaster that then went completely off the track and turned into an ATV and then turned into one of those aqua cars and got back <laughs> on the track and then the track ended and it just went into a mine. The best theme park ride. It was a dark and sweaty framing device. (laughs) On a spooky, thundering for the moment night, three teen 20, 30 somethings gather in a cabin in the woods to tell ghost stories by a fireplace with Coca Cola and chips. Honestly, a pretty ideal night. Chuck, the definition of a sure, why not, is telling a gooey monster story to the girls and relishes in all the gross details. But Pam and his girlfriend Bobby aren't interested. Bobby and Pam have been coming to this spooky cabin in the woods for years, but slime monsters aren't the kind of spooky tales they've heard. So Bobby instead begins to regale them with the story of the Hellgate Hitchhiker. (laughs) It was a bright and sweaty framing device. This time, there was no thunder or cabins in the woods, but there was a plethora of doo-wop music because we've been transported back to 1950. A biker gang does their motorcycle thing, riding along romantically at sunset in semi-slow motion. Nothing nefarious could possibly come from this scene. No motorcyclist has ever been violently killed in daytime in a movie before. This is an easy rider reference, if I recall, but have no (laughs) desire to fact check. (laughs) The bikers roll up to a diner and scare all the paying clientele away. Ooh, spooky, that waitress is definitely not getting a tip tonight. (laughs) But innocent Josie Carlisle might, if you get my innuendo. 
<laughs> Josie Carlisle is pretty in pink and almost poodle skirt and has chosen the wrong night to show up without a bra to pick up a pie for her daddy. <laughs> it only takes five seconds before the bikers attempt to sexually assault her and although the cook comes out with a shotgun to scare them off, they just move the party elsewhere by carrying Josie away on their bikes and the cook with the gun could have definitely put in more effort to save her. <laughs> the bikers all wind up in a ghost town called Lucas Carlisle's Hellgate and they chose the wrong titular theme park attraction to attempt to assault a Carlisle. Her father, Lucas, comes out to try to save her, but in a series of unfortunate, incredibly sweaty events, he chucks an axe at one of the biker's heads, who then accidentally drives Josie through a brick wall, <laughs> killing her. Unsurprisingly, after that night, Lucas changed and swore vengeance and dark magic on all strangers. It was a dark and sweaty framing device. <laughs> Bobby has come to the conclusion of her story with an ominous, some say Josie Carlyle is still on Hellgate Road trying to lure drivers into a trap. Pam wonders where their fourth friend Matt is, and you would not be blamed if you were confused at this point who are the stars of the movie and who are the framing device. You kind of have to just roll with it. It was a dark and only occasionally stormy night. Matt, the aforementioned fourth friend, rolls up to the 1950s diner from Bobby's story. Not understanding Chuck's directions to the cabin and not having a GPS, he stops at the diner for a cup of coffee and directions. The waitress wants Matt bad and warns him not to go towards Hellgate because they're all crazy up there. It was a dark and sweaty framing device. <laughs> Despite Bobby making it sound like her ghost story was finished in the previous scene, she continues. <laughs> it was a bright and Knott's Berry farm rip-off day. One of Lucas's workers, Jonas, is exploring one of Hellgate's tourist traps, a gold mine, when he finds a glowing crystal that whispers to him and brings a dead bat puppet back to life with a laser. <laughs> Jonas brings the crystal to Lucas, who is mourning over the most uncomfortably sexy glamour shot portrait of his dead daughter you can imagine. <laughs> Lucas drowns his sorrow in crystal experimentation. He shoots a laser at a goldfish and turns it into a giant mutant goldfish that explodes. He shoots a laser at a stuffed turtle, which comes to life like a zombie, scratches Lucas's face, and then explodes. The crystal accidentally shoots Jonas, who starts melting into blood and pus, and yep, you guessed it, explodes. Which such constant explosive results, Lucas does the only thing scientifically reasonable. He takes the crystal to the grave of Josie. Hope he likes exploded daughter. <laughs> Lucas learns over time to control the crystal, but we don't have time in Bobby's story to show that. So our story jumps right to Lucas resurrecting Josie and telling her to entice strangers to Hellgate so that he can murder them. Interesting that earlier Bobby had said no one knew if Josie was dead or still haunting Hellgate, and then immediately changed that narrative with part two of her story. Like I said, it was a dark and sweaty framing device. It was a dark and maybe no longer stormy night. Matt drives along the mountain road and comes across Josie in the nightgown, who uses magic eye powers to make his car overheat. After nearly running her over, he agrees to take her home, and Josie puts on the Elvira-like charms. They drive through Hellgate, populated with shambling zombies you may recognize from the previous framing device. Josie invites him into the mansion, and despite having a girlfriend somewhere in a cabin, Matt can't help but be charmed by a Tommy Wiseau impression and follows her <laughs> to his doom. Wah-ha-ha-ha-ha! Lightning crash. <laughs>
Again, everything about this movie is my favorite kind of shit. I was convinced at the beginning the wraparound story of, like, the, yeah. uh-huh. the ghost story bit was tacked on later. And then when those people became the yeah. real characters of the movie, I was like, wait. Yeah. Because oh, it opens like a We Are the Midnight Society. Here's our latest uh, <laughs> well, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark skit. And then it keeps going back to them and then they are the leads. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> at, yeah. at one point while telling the story, the Bobby character is like, by now Lucas Carlyle had figured out how to use the crystal yes. to bring his daughter back. And it's like, what do you mean by now? <laughs> <laughs> what like right now in the sto- like in the movie? <laughs> like yeah, they gloss over some really big bits. The- you know how like Bobby knows the entire history of this and yet still they go like what are these ghosts at this place called Hellgate? She just told them Bitch, all the what? story. The fact that the crystal is the ultimate like <laughs> magic MacGuffin. It will do it's literally anything. <laughs> it's so really the greatest thing I've ever the seen in my life. The time we see it, it explodes a fish. <laughs> and then it proceeds to raise the dead, explode buildings. Listen, it's a universal remote. You just got to know how to program it. <laughs> Which yeah. nobody ever does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to be charmed by a movie whose main title starts over, you know, late 50s, early 60s. Especially a horror movie, which we know is a horror movie because it's a dark and stormy night. But I will say that, like, when that started, I did so wish the rest of the movie was just going to be couched in that. And the fact that we get out of it, like, five minutes later bummed me out a little bit. Sure. <laughs> I did like that it turned into Evil Dead Grease and then, but then turned back into, you know, a horror movie. I think the problem was I kept getting grabbed by these little moments of, of style and fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I would focus back up, uh, there would be some extended uh, banter bit <laughs> that would just be like, oh, well, yeah. like punishing me for paying attention again. <laughs> not, not a fan of the four worst friends in the world. <laughs> Listen, repetition is comedy, guys. A me- like, repetition is comedy, guys. <laughs> repetition is comedy, guys. <laughs> All right, Craig, can you take it again, but slower? Repetition is comedy, guys. Now, now, now put a pause between every word. Repetition. Is comedy guys. All right, now do it one more time, but at the end, laugh like you found it really funny. <laughs> Repetition is comedy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We're always saying that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like Aaron Sorkin dialogue, but slow. <laughs> <laughs> more like Aaron Borkin. Yeah. Okay, so this is where we begin. The list of license plates. Hell yeah, we do. Matt's license plate is the hero. (laughs) Which I really could not figure out if that was a a joke or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's Schrodinger's joke. If you look too close at it, it will both be a joke and not a joke. That joke walked so the entire plot of Tenet could run. (laughs) (laughs) The protagonist. Yeah, what's going on there? Why did they do that? I think someone owned a license plate pressing machine and was having way too much fun. I I feel like whoever made this movie should be pressing license plates (laughs) in prison. 
We also see that Lucas's license plate is Josie. <laughs> next. The maybe supernatural, now murderous, aggrieved father with the magic crystal getting a vanity plate is very funny. Who I must describe visually as a barbershop quartet Gomez. Yeah, oh yeah. He looks just like John Aston. It's crazy. Yes. I had to look it up like four yeah. times. L- like if you yeah. kind of melted him a little bit and like really primped his mustache <laughs> because he had a huge fucking mustache. And I was really into him, especially because it's extremely weird that he uh, is the villain in the movie yeah. who owns an old-timey West town who in that old-timey West town is like, presumably, if you own the place, you want to give yourself the sexiest role, which is Barber, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, he basically goes like, I'm so distraught at the murder of my daughter that I will bring her back so that she could help me murder random people. That's the true... Like, not so that we can hang out and continue our lives together, (laughs) but so that she could be the thing that helps me with my outlet of grieving over my dead daughter who is no longer dead. Because the biker gang that assaulted her was named the Strangers. Yeah. Yeah. So now I kill strangers. That's that's where my brain started to crack in half. Yeah. Uh, And I think where I started to enjoy the movie. Like like if it had been like the Spiders or something, he would have become an orchid man with like a a chip on his shoulder. That's the plot of arachnophobia. if the Hell's Angels had attacked Josie, this would have been a much cooler movie. <laughs> Buzz was never seen again. And what about the girl? Was she dead? Some say so. Others say she's still up there on Hellgate Road, waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting for unsuspecting drivers, then leading them into a trap. I also had to piece together a lot of logic in that section particularly because you don't really know that Lucas's name is Lucas until a little bit later and all you have is Bobby saying like from that day on Lucas changed and I'm like is Lucas the dad is Lucas is the, 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 the biker that drove off with the knife in his leg is that's what I thought at first <laughs> yeah. yeah I did too no like, that's Zong <laughs> I, know, I know that now <laughs> yeah which later they see at the diner and Bobby goes hey that's Zonk from the story the story you told with your mouth you and brain anyone named Zonk girl <laughs> I would have remembered <laughs> the most hey you remember the most memorable name that's ever existed hey that's the guy from the campfire story that I that everyone tells <laughs> what are you why there's a real person from the story I told that Pam also has never heard despite them going up to this cabin like multiple how, times honestly if they've been going here for so many years how did they avoid Hellgate you're telling right. <laughs> or how did they avoid Zonk he owns the petrol station yeah. that they all go like, to like the last sl- gas station the, the gas station slash 50s diner which- yeah going and being like oh that Zonk is like yeah you went to his house <laughs> yeah 
There is here in this area. There is Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate, and then three buildings that have backs to them. <laughs> One of which is their cabin, and yet yeah, yeah. Pam still is totally in the dark with this whole Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate thing. Wait a minute. Wait, what? There's probably signs leading up. Probably 50 miles back, there was something every 10 miles being like, "You're t- 25 miles away from Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate." <laughs> Yeah, there is no way you've been going to that cabin for years and aren't on at least like an acquaintance type yeah. friendship with a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> three quarters of the people in that principality are zombies. See, there was this man, Jonas, worked for Lucas, kind of like a caretaker, looked after the place. Jonas tried to do his best, but there was a highway diversion and not much business. No business? Not much money. So the ghost town got pretty dilapidated pretty quickly. We know that there's no possible way for Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate to make money. And yet, when we see his house, it is (laughs) the largest mansion. (laughs) Hilariously large. Which either begs the question of, is this Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate money? Or or was he rich? Oh, and in, then, from inheritance, and then goes, let me open up an old West town. That sounds yeah. about right, because he seems yeah. like a man of luxury, especially given the glamour shot portraits of his daughter that he has. Yeah, but, but the boy knows how to throw an axe. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they have they have axe they, they have axe throwing there at Hellgate. You know, it's one of the few attractions you can <laughs> they do. They were ahead of the trend. Yeah. Look, as someone who works at an axe throwing bar in Brooklyn, I can tell you, rich douchebags can throw axes. That's not. That's not. That's uh, that is not exclusive to the uh, real people of the world. <laughs> He's also got to be rich because he sees a crystal and immediately thinks, "How can I monetize this?" Yes. <laughs> He sees magic and is like, how do I make money? Does he? Does he make money from the crystal? I mean, he doesn't, but he tries to. Because he kills all of any potential. Does he? Uh... I think he tried to by exploding that goldfish, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're making yeah. a lot of leaps. Step one. You're making a step lot one, of leaps. Step one, five crystals. This movie through, be expo- making a lot of leaps, so I'm actually through. on Josh's yeah. side on this one. And it asks me to make a lot of leaps, so why not? Why not say he was trying to make money? Maybe he zapped the goldfish to see what would happen if it would make him money. <laughs> it was so funny because at the beginning, Bobby's telling the story, right? And she says... The town, Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate. That phrase is used. The town, quote, the town, <laughs> internal single quote, Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate, close internal single quote, close quotes. Right? There is, there is, and, and that's confusing already. I'm like, wait a minute, there's a possessive noun <laughs> yeah. in the town's name. And then, you know, we cut to the 50s, do up, shooby dooby doo up. And uh, there's a biker gang called The Strangers. They go into a diner and they start razzing a very young supermodel. And uh, and we're supposed to uh, feel awful about the fact that she's being sexualized while literally every shot is sexualizing her. Close up of her breasts. Oh, excuse me while I bump into this camera lens. (laughs) Exactly. Look look how awful these bikers are being just drooling over this poor little girl close in on nipples. (laughs) Interior nipples day. Yeah, yeah. And for the record, we're not victim blaming. We're director blaming. Blaming. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Excuse me, sunshine. Want to join us over here? Oh, 
drink, bitch. No. Come on. No, this is. <laughs> I do want to talk about the cook not helping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no the... trouble in my place, so please take the trouble outside. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. You are welcome to do anything you'd like to her on the sidewalk, but <laughs> you're not going to do that in my in my greasy spoon. Brah, you have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they drive her on their bikes up to Lucas Carlisle's Hellgate, and we're getting that through helicopter shots of this town Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate, which is all just building facades. Yeah. It's just like a back lot, right? Which to me, like not knowing anything, to me, I was just like, what movie is this <laughs> that can afford a helicopter but not to shoot on a street? <laughs> <laughs> what movie is this that prioritized helicopter shots but not uh, roofs? Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> know it at frame. the time. Like you, you wouldn't know it at the time watching the film. Uh, so that they could explode them later. <laughs> Which is incredibly satisfying once you get there. That's right, but so many of the buildings blow up yeah. as if they're buildings, but we've seen them they're be... Sets. They're just sets. Facades. Yeah, oh. it rules, it does. This movie prioritizes exploding things. Yep, That's people, important. fish, turtles... And the bikers are doing the biker thing, you know, the moves they all learn, uh, drive slowly and menacingly around your victim for a while. Yeah, biker 101, yeah. And uh, Josie starts going, Dad, help me. And then, yeah, J John Wilkes Booth steps out of one of the buildings <laughs> and goes, Josie, my daughter. And, and I was like, wait, they brought her to her dad's house? What's going on? They brought her to her that's a very good point. That's were they just taking specific, her home? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, we were trying to do something nice. And I will say that all of these peccadillos I had were forgotten when Lucas Carlisle and the head biker have the hatchet chain showdown. <laughs> that was an elegantly bit of choreographed effect right there. Yeah, wait, so... I'm, I'm reading my notes because I, I watched this earlier, but Daddy chucks a hatchet in slow-mo. The biker throws a chain and, a, oh, yeah, and it oh, ra wraps around Lucas's arm. Yeah, that rule. It hurt. It hurts. It, it hurts so bad. It was so funny. It was like in, like, Naked Gun or something when someone throws a <laughs> pillow at someone's face and they, like, yeah. hold it. Oh. Like, ah! <laughs> Like, it's like, he throws that hatchet, slow-mo, guy throws the chain, the hatchet spins in the air and sticks in the biker's head, and then the chain just wraps around the dude's arm, and he's looking at it like, ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That leads me to know. his transformation over the course of the movie into not... Oh, into Doctor Doom? Yeah. Yeah. He has metal plates on his face for seemingly no reason. Well, because that zombie turtle bit his cheek. Because of the zombie it. turtle. Yeah. It was a really him. bad infection. <laughs> so we decided, let me replace it with metal. Yes. There are some aspects of this movie that, dear listeners, we may describe, but you truly just have to see them. One of which is just how absolutely far off the mark the hatchet throw is. <laughs> when he throws the hatchet towards the guy, it is 
it basically makes it makes a a, a right angle off screen left as <laughs> yeah. as the guy is in the middle of frame in front of us. You gotta curve the bullet, Greg. You know, <laughs> only only the chosen one can do it. It's it's. I mean, it's amazing. The glamour shot of Lucas Carlyle's daughter that looks like. Fucking oh Claudia God. Schiffer yes. that they would that they'd have up in a salon, and then they <laughs> superimpose the image of the actor in the movie. And while I understand technically, yes, this is the same person. No, they do not look at all. <laughs> no, no. <same. laughs> it the airbrushed. What I must assume is the person's cover photo. Just like. Being on the wall is such a choice. Does this or man cover photo? Uh, headshot. 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 Thank oh. you. Headshot. Does you, this man so online? His, so online. Terminally. Does this man love his daughter in that way? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, look at the look at the look at the tomb that yeah. he encased her in with the perfectly uh, very shaped breasts. <laughs> very buxom muscle beam. Perfectly shaped. Yep. Put the put the umau mau in muscle <laughs> 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 Make him, make him taller. She would have liked it that much. <laughs> yeah. I want her Let to them be stand in defiance of gravity. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get over the, the glamour shot in the office, no. mostly because it was the 50. I mean, yes, it's hilarious to have, obviously, the actor model's headshot. Because that's just what you do in movies, right? You need a picture of someone, you use their headshot or whatever. <laughs> to use one that's so fucking 80s, <laughs> to put it in the universe of the movie, that's that. Yeah, he must have been rich. That's an insane shot to get in the 50s. <laughs> just the creepiness of the filming. They did keep, every time the dad was like remembering his daughter, it's like, like, yeah, I, I remember my sweet Josie running through fields in her, in slow in her tight in her striped dresses, <laughs> pigtails bouncing in the air. Pigtails and breasts bouncing in the air. You know, grief hits us in weird ways. It's true. I, I, so much so, you could be convinced by an old coot to engage in the occult. That's the strangest thing I ever laid eyes on. You know, I was I was working away fixing them signs like you said. Then it, then it was this bat flying around, it's flying around, flying around. It was getting on my nerves. And I, I took my shovel and I hit this bat. I killed it. Now that bat was dead. He was real dead, lying on the ground there. When well, I turned around to get on my work, and, and I see among the rocks there a sort of blue haze. And I pulled this thing out. And I'm holding up, looking at it, and sort of blue. Bean comes out of it, and it hits that dead bat, and that bat sort of shook itself, and it came alive, and it started flying around, good as new, and that goddamn bat, it started chasing me all over the place, everywhere I went, I was real scared, I'm telling you. What do you think of that? The crystal, okay. Oh my god, the, the crystal. crystal. Yeah, yeah, we got so it. the we crystal, which, by, by the way, Bobby's story is awful. <laughs> Bobby's bad. Bobby's given Chuck a hard time over this, over his ghost story. Bobby's sucks at It's totally, like, the magic crystal makes zombies was an aside at the end of the ghost story. Oh yeah, by the way, now we've got a magic crystal. Probably because he made fun of her story and he's, she's like, okay, I gotta up the stakes. Yes! Uh, zombie crystal. Yes. <laughs> Did feel like that. It's like, uh, I don't know, Bobby, this is like, 
kind of wrote, kind of just, you know. She's like, oh, well, he has a glowing piece of the radical rock. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, yeah, what? Well. <laughs> uh, goldfish exploded. Yeah, yeah. And so the guy finds it in in, in the gold the mine. mine. Yeah. And just yeah, in the gold mine. In the gold mine. This is mine. what I mean when they say, say it's like tourist attraction. Yeah, I mean that is that's the question. Is it like a, a ghost town amusement park that was built where there was once a like Maybe that, abandoned that mining that town? Sense, yeah. But that means they abandoned mining literally one hammer swing away from finding <laughs> the magic bring your dead back to life crystal. <laughs> Where it's like you ne- you gotta keep going. You never know how close you are, and it's like some sad guy walking away, and it's an inch away from a gold- from a, like a diamond mine. Yeah, because no one else's aunts <laughs> no and uncles clue. post these things on Facebook. <laughs> I, <laughs> not read uh, that. <laughs> they might. I don't log oh, in sorry, to see them. Oh, sorry, it was also a minion. Um, the oh sad guy yeah. was a minion. <laughs> yeah, to be my aunt's or onions, yeah, it would have to be either a minion he was walking away from or uh, something about Joe Biden being gay. <laughs> Presumably, the answer to this may have lied somewhere in the story betwixt finding the crystal and harnessing the power. Somewhere in that three years that we completely (laughs) gloss over of what that process is like might have answered the question of what was this fake mining town? Because in my mind, I don't know. Yeah, let's assume that you're right, Casey. I think actually that's a really good point, which is this is a tourist attraction built on the ground of a former gold rush town. It's supposed to take place in California. Uh, so that Outside like, kind of, of LA. yeah, that makes sense. Right. And you could presumably say, Oh no, maybe somebody did find the crystal and it blew them up because that's oh. what it be doing. Yeah. It uh, literally explodes people. Crystal kind of shoots when it wants or when you want. It's up to the crystal really. <laughs> and in the direction you want sometimes. Yeah, the crystal also, so I tried to understand what the crystal's power was at first before totally giving up. Uh, If it's a dead bat, the crystal can make it a live bat again. Yes. If it's a live fish, the crystal will make it a exploding monster fish. And if it's a ceramic turtle, it will turn it into a mooing live turtle. on this on this crystal but uh, to go from exploding things to truly bringing your daughter back to life if glass ceramic turtle on your desk <laughs> then oh. live turtle that moves like a cow and eats cheeks cannot understand cannot understand it moves like it moves exactly like a cow <laughs> Why? 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 I I understand, you know, movies are not just visual mediums. They are audio mediums as well. Sometimes you need to give sound to things that don't have them. You know, traditionally, we've made eagles sound like hawks for movies' sake. We've made uh, tigers sound like lions, that sort of deal. But but why? Why would you like, we're bringing a turtle to life. What sound do turtles make? Oh, wait, no sound? Well, we got to give them something. It was 1989, and they didn't have that YouTube video of the turtle having sex to reference. That's true. And this movie's horny enough. Yeah. It could have been. <laughs> Casey, I feel like you are in the process of harnessing the power of this movie to love it. 
as we're talking. <laughs> I, I did. I did sort of take in this movie. I tried to allure this movie in the same way Josie tries to tried to allure Matt by laying half naked on my bed, stained with wine. Come and hither, Phil. Come, Hellgate. Come. The, the real problem we're meant with, to be together. With that is just never showed up. You you didn't show up to the movie and just lick your finger, put it on your ass, and go. Dude, everybody wanted a taste of Matt in this movie. What was going on there? Very slim pickets. <laughs> I guess that's true. Most of the guys in that town are ghosts. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ghost bikers from the 50s. Uh, honestly, yeah. I, I kept Rough. waiting for the reveal that the rest of the town were ghosts. Because I'm like, there's again, there's no way you live yeah. on the outskirts of this. And like, you're just cool with it. They're just like, yeah, we don't drive over there. <laughs> Jamie, Nobody you can't goes. have a reveal if you don't understand what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 I fully, fully, 100% expected him, or all of the other people working at the theme park when it's open in the 50s to be ghosts. Because... Otherwise, not, I mean, nothing makes sense anyway. Who, who am I kidding? I, <laughs> We're broken. We're broken people. Yeah. I, they And the gas station let Zonk keep working there. Yep. No, no. Yep. Doesn't let him keep working he there. He right? takes over yeah. from the other guy. Yeah, also, they just, like, took him in. Yeah. Like, he showed up, like, yeah, I just carried a woman screaming off into the night, but now I'm back with a boo-boo. Can I get a job? <laughs> Can I live here forever? <laughs> Maybe part of my disappointment came from Josie and Matt meet, right? They come into each other's life. I, I, I kind of got into their chemistry. <laughs> I kind of found myself rooting for Matt and Josie, at least if Over not Matt for the Matt. actual. No, no, I get what you're saying, but justice for Pam, who yeah. halfway through oh, the sure. movie, I was like, if Pam doesn't make this out of make it out of this alive, I will riot. <laughs> sure, sure. Look, I don't think Pam was getting treated well in the scenario, but if not for the actual charm or uh, chemistry on camera, for at least the notion of like, oh, this would be a fun conceit for a movie the ghost who picks up hapless hitchhikers is finally like offered a jacket by a guy and decides <laughs> she loves him now which is not not what happens it's just yeah. not quite what they focus on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sure take a while like uh we do that for a second and then josie waits on a bed until the end of the movie <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's still waiting there to this very day yeah. then we zoom out and bobby and pam are by the campfire again it's like is she did she die no one knows. Maybe she died. Maybe she's still in the bed waiting for Matt to get back. Wait, our friend Matt? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend? You, yes. Yeah. No one knows. Oh, wait. Who's that calling? Oh, hey, Josie. What's up? It's <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Video High at Hellgate Theater. We're continuing our story of Lucas Carl's Hellgate Nightmare. As the ghost Josie brought Matt up into a boudoir, she did attempt to seduce the human being with wine and boobs and wine on boobs. <laughs> that was until her father came in and totally ruined it by acting all weird and wanting to murder Matt. 
<laughs> metal plating on his face for reasons that will never be explained. Dad that chases Bad out who was not able to get his rocks off. But Dad gets his own rock off by using the crystal to shoot an explosion on the ground and then to kill a water ski in Matt's backseat. <laughs> which Matt drives away from quite calmly. After that ordeal, Matt finally makes it back to the cabin where Bobby and Chuck are having very disappointing <laughs> and unmoving sex. <laughs> Pam is excited to see Matt. Chuck, on the other hand, is indifferent to stories of ghosts and ghouls. Instead, just mad that the water skis that he has to be brought from Los Angeles have been destroyed. What were they planning on using water skis for <laughs> in a desert ghost town? After a long bit about Chuck being an asshole that continues several times throughout the movie, Matt and Pam go up to have their own sexual congress, which include naked butt-sitting massages <laughs> and a reverse of the classic cross-eyed oral sex joke trope where this time it's the lady having funny cross-eyed orgasms. Who doesn't love that? Yes. They go out to eat at the same diner that Matt had visited before, except for Chuck, who stays home to watch Miami Vice and or was not able to be scheduled for that day. And several days of shooting. Matt is struck Thinking about Josie the ghost, who he's boobs he nubbled on earlier. Worried that she may be a live person who's in trouble. But he is easily distracted from this because they need to have jokes about sharing slices of pie that knocked me out of the movie for a moment. <laughs> Only to be brought back when they went, hey, that's Zonk over there. And I went, Zonk? And they went, yes, <laughs> that's a character's name. Zonk, one of the bikers who assaulted Josie back in the 50s, now owns the gas station next door to the diner. And Matt takes the moment to snoop around the gas station where they find many establishing newspaper clippings <laughs> hung on the wall. Matt notices the picture of a biker from the 50s and recognizes the ghoulish figure of the biker he had seen during his drive through Hellgate. And while he's just about to piece it together, Zonk comes in and begins WWE <laughs> wrestling him throughout the body shop, only to be stopped when Matt goes, Hey, stop. <laughs> Matt tells Zonk that he's planning on going up to Hellgate to save Josie or stop Lucas. I don't, I really, I really don't know why. I think because he's horned up. He's pretty horny for the go. He's pretty ghost horny, so he's going back. And Zonk goes, you can't go up there. He's like, you should go with us. And I thought they were going to team up, which uh, I was both excited for and wondering, are we, is the hero of this movie going to be the rapist biker from the 50s? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Hellgate, the dead girl sleeps. And that's about all we get back in <laughs> The four kids, Bobby, Pam, Chuck, and Matt, all now drive to Hellgate uh, and ADR at each other what the, <laughs> you know, Chuck missed by having scheduling conflicts earlier. They stop at the cemetery that Matt had noticed the 
glowing light from earlier and walk over to the bodacious gravesite of Josie Carlyle. Matt finds his jacket on the statue of Josie and all the kids feel rather creepy about the whole night's ordeals, except for Chuck who uses the moment to get a little over the boob under the gravestone with Josie's memorial, only to be interrupted by an ominous lightning strike. <laughs> the kids continue their drive to Hellgate, except now they're laughing, which was really confusing for me. <laughs> what movie were they shooting and in what order? <laughs> Some mysteries of Hellgate will never be answered. Because <laughs> once they arrive in the town, Chuck immediately runs away. <laughs> but it's all to set up a kooky fun prank where he jumps out of one of the many many abandoned cars left strewn about Hell's Gate and I'm glad that at least the kids are having fun <laughs> while I, the viewer, am not. <laughs> while exploring Hellgate, the kids walk in on a ghost prom. All the ghosts are now dancing with each other in tuxes to old 50s music and only Matt can see the visage of a naked Josie beckoning him. Pam gets jealous and walks out. And Matt chases after Pam to be like, no, babe, I swear, nothing happened, er, um, collar pull. <laughs> and if there's something that uh, ends Act 2 besides that, I don't remember it. <laughs> the only thing that I can think of of interest that happens is we have another license plate. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Chucky's reads Chucky with two E's. Beautiful. More license plate humor. This movie just makes me want a vanity license plate we'll so get you that bad. You? We'll get you that someday. Do you? <laughs> this movie's made by big vanity big license vanity. plates. <laughs> yeah, so this movie was a regular bonfire of the vanities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why, why does Matt need to go to Hellgate? Get his rocks off, I think. He's drawn by Josie, right? Well, Josie's He's... constantly from her, uh, like, from her uh, bed wearing her negligee we just keep cutting back to her being like matt i need you to come here matt, matt honestly funniest thing in the movie to me was so josie gets him to come up into the house they go up into the mansion and she's alluring him and she goes matt would you like some wine and he goes no 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 and she pours decants this big glass of wine and she all slinks all the way all the way to the very tippity top and sneaks over to him gives him like a sip of it right and as he's swallowing she like spills some on her dress like very slightly spills some on her dress like oh look what you did like you're so he's like oh i'm so sorry did i spill on you and as, as the rest of the movie, as we keep cutting back to Josie lying in bed, going like, Matt, like thinking loudly, Matt, please come. We're meant to be together, Matt. Like her white dress is still stained with the wine. <laughs> so funny to do with your ghost with special crystal powers. To one that the ghost had like a fucking wedding crashers move, right? Had like a pickup artist move to pull on this dweeb, this grad school dweeb. But the crystal does not have tide pen powers. It no. does, yeah, it pre- it, that that does presume that she, as a ghost, will have that stain forever. Oh, yeah, all eternity. Whoa. The ghost of Daryl Hannah's boudoir gets busy <laughs> with like UCLA jock David Blaine, and yeah. they have a makeout <laughs> session to music that sounds like it's at the end of fucking God with the Wind. 
it, it is the most stereotypical love theme that I can think of. Like, if you... Oh, my God. Listener, if you just think of love theme... Yes, this movie was brought to you by every single recognizable classical piece of music that you can remember. <laughs> Including Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Ride of the Valkyries is in... Like, yep. it is scored by someone's Starbucks classical music compilation CD. <laughs> right. That, that tra-la-la-boom-dee, which is a song is in there. Yeah, just... Can-can, yeah. That song that when they start making out, right? Like at the same time as this movie's getting made, like a John Hughes comedy is using it (laughs) to like make a joke about a horny dude seeing a beautiful girl, and this is like it's doing it without the. I mean, not without the comedy, but like, yeah, without the irony. irony. This movie cannot figure out where it wants to be funny and where it doesn't, which I appreciate because (laughs) it does make me go, what are you trying to do seriously? (laughs) Joseph. I want this one. (laughs) You better go away, Matt. Are you sure? okay you better go i was pretty into the fact that he was trying to bone josie dad freaks out and comes in and matt is a little like wait maybe you should get out like yeah. doesn't <laughs> really thinks about leaving doesn't go like oh oh this is awkward oh, shit, your, it's dad, just like, your dad your oh, dad yeah my God. No, comes in, but also the dad walks in with a machete in yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he says, I want this one. <laughs> Which, if I'm sitting there and someone comes in and says, I want this one with a machete, I'm running. Yeah, as fast as possible. Well, I mean, unless you're the hero. No space. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the hero all up Unless you're... TH3H3R0. <laughs> but also, you know, maybe the dad was trying to pull a, a spooky three way. But, you know, you know, I want this one. It's like, ooh, all right, we're getting crazy. That's how we do it up in Hellgate. Uh, yeah, what, what Pornhub setting is that? We, we, we call that the Lucas Carlisle's Devil's Threesome. <laughs> I, I feel like we've blown past this, but why is a ghost town called Hellgate? Um, I. It, yeah. Well, great, great as question. I mentioned, uh, it, it's of the Dutch, Heligata. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. It's a reference to a small scene B Western from the 50s. Yeah, the, the, that IMDb wants to foist on oh. me every time I look this up. Really wants you to go to that one yeah. instead. You're watching this good movie, right? No, IMDb. <laughs> no. No. Don't judge me. There is a lot of comedy beats in this movie that felt like. If y'all bust up at it, just go with it, right? Like, yeah. have fun. Like, if it makes you laugh, that's good. That means it's good. And oftentimes, no, that's not good. <laughs> when I'm seeing you do the, hey, come here, hey, come here, you're an asshole, come here, a little closer, I mean it bit for the third time, and it's making you genuinely laugh, I am getting infuriated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a movie that takes every side quest. Every <laughs> every single side quest offered to it, it goes, yep. I mean, and, if it weren't like, for a side quest, they wouldn't be at Hellgate. Like, it's, <laughs> if like, it weren't for a side quest, yeah, this would be... Well, actually, I was going to say it wouldn't be a 90-minute movie, but actually it probably would be. Yes. And it would be a more cogent, 
but less enjoyable 90 minutes. My favorite side quest, which we'll talk about the resolution in Act 3, but it's the the call to action of the other hero of this movie, Zonk. <laughs> really gearing him up for a triumphant third act return. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even say in the synopsis we kept we keep cutting to him sharpening yeah, yeah. tools. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> All right, Sonko, buddy, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get that revenge we should have gotten fifty years ago. Right, I'm gonna finally go up and get revenge on the father of the girl I tried to rape. <laughs> <laughs> finally, my story will be complete. Which is also hilarious because that scene with Matt is just Zonk attacking Matt and then throwing a chair out the window. And they're like, okay, we're going to leave. Not knowing that like Zonk is like, I'm going to come follow you and be an ally later and not be useful. There are moments in this movie where I was wondering if it was all a product reel for a sugar glass and pyrotechnics <laughs> company because it's crazy how many things smash and blow up that yeah. surely don't need to. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Surely. Fucking bless whoever was the stunt performer for Josie was just thrown through all manner of walls, windows, <laughs> and oh, like yeah. naked, and like yeah. nakedly thrown through we'll sugar glass it. and breakaway bricks and just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hourglass figure with <laughs> Kool-Aid man's ability to enter rooms. <laughs> Has there ever been a lady, a Kool-Aid woman? Sorry. The the lady Kool-Aid man doesn't bust through walls. She busts through glass ceilings. (laughs) 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 Well, hello, students. It's me, the school's grizzled old prospector. Whilst I was looking for gold in the Nar Hollywood Hills, I happened to catch the last act of today's movie, and oh boy, was it a doozy. Lucas used that glowy blue crystal of his to summon up a horde of zombies, or or a gaggle of ghosts. I was never quite clear on uh, which of they were. Well, those gombies uh, did done attack <laughs> our heroes whilst they were ogling some classic cars. They sent them running into the funeral home, which I was delighted to see was tastefully decorated with candles covering stacked painted white coffins. You know, like all of them their funeral homes are. Bobby twisted her ankle so everyone decides they need to split up. What in tarnation were those kids thinking? And by kids, I of course use the term to refer to anyone younger than myself. And as I am a grizzled old prospector, these 30-somethings qualify as kids. Anywho, Matt and Pam go to find a phone while Chuck and Bobby go to get the Jeep. Since this the here is the Nara horror film, the first half of the group we follow is bound to die. And yippers indeed, that does done happens. Cause Chuck and Bobby find the Jeep's keys have been taken. Chuck gets out to find him and is slow motion decapitated by Lucas. Bobby runs a screaming to the saloon where the kids agreed to meet up. She sees a piano playing itself. Ooh, spooky. Oh, never mind. It's just a player piano. Ooh, wait, do mind. Because it's a player piano whose player is a gombie. Good can, Zooks. <laughs> Seconds later, Matt and Pam show up, seemingly having forgotten they were supposed to meet up after calling for help, not before. 
They find Bobby all spooked and tell her to stay put while they split up again. It's about this time I crumbled up my hat in frustration and threw it to the ground while I did my little jig that I do. <laughs> because of course, right after her friends leave, Bobby sees a ghost MC introduce a spectral can-can starring a blonde version of herself. You know, because all ghosts are blondes. <laughs> Lucas sneaks up behind her and strangles her. Now she's a blue-eyed gumby. Uh, two kids down, two to go. Matt and Pam enter Walt Disney's haunted Carlisle mansion. <laughs> Pam smartly grabs a shotgun off the wall and leaves Matt to explore the house. Dang nam kids, oh, don't split the party. Matt dials the sheriff, but that tricky Lucas snips the phone line to cut him off. While Josie seduces Matt up the stairs, Pam's in the kitchen and finds a severed head in the fridge, which she tells to pull itself together. <laughs> that was a real hoop. <laughs> Pam makes it upstairs just in time to see Josie and Matt both shirtless in bed together. Matt's in some kind of horny trance or something. Before she can do anything, Lucas tosses her aside. He's looking to kill poor Matt with a hand axe, but Josie uses her blue eye magic powers to light it on fire, so he drops it. And then Lucas just sort of backs away, defeated, and leaves. Pam's out cold on the floor. Josie keeps using her eye powers to summon a dagger so she can kill Matt with it, and they can be together forever and ever and ever and ever and so forth. Matt's powerless, what with all his blood being concentrated in his boner and all. <laughs> Pam picks up the shotgun and channels the spirit of Ripley with two beautiful lines. Get away from my boyfriend, you bitch. And the slightly more effective, take this, you zombie bitch. <laughs> Pam blasts Josie out the window in glorious booby slow motion. Yes. Matt and Pam run outside to find their friends Chuck and Bobby all zombified in the Jeep. Matt decides, nope, and then Matt nopes them out of there, wisely deciding to take Josie's car instead. But Lucas is clinging to the roof with his eerie blue crystal. He's zapping and exploding things left and right. Matt almost gets into a head-on collision with another car that hits a building and explodes, and we never really find out who any of that there was. Matt drives into a building to knock Lucas off the roof. He's not dead, though. Luckily, Zog finally shows up to save the day. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he gets immediately zapped right out the movie. But he did distract Lucas long enough to let Matt Pam drive away. The building collapses on top of Lucas, but his metal hand reaches out the rubble to tell us he's A-OK. -okay. Matt and Pam think they're safe, so it's time for some necking. Matt moves the rearview mirror to see Lucas, and it's a good thing indeed, because moving the mirror makes the crystal beam bounce off of it and into the saloon behind them. Our final girl and guy drove off into the dusty sunset, and we're left with the freeze frame image of Josie in a torn negligee Wandering Hellgate. <laughs> I'm gonna go do my jig. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those last 20 minutes hit There's the juice. A lot happening. Yeah. More than you would have ever guessed. Like <laughs> And things you would never guess. Like about the time in the movie that I was like, oh man, are all four of these kids gonna make it out of here okay? Was when Chucky gets decapitated, and then it's like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, we start killing main characters at that point, and <laughs> I, I mean, I was into it. I actually was surprised the end end was not that they came back after 
by some power of the crystal or killing Lucas or whatever. I don't know, for, for, for whatever reason, maybe because it was like Bobby starts the movie with yes. her story, that it felt like she would end the movie also somehow. Agreed. I was bad oh, that, that Bobby died. <laughs> I guess it makes sense to bookend it, but they don't. But this movie no. doesn't make sense, so. This movie sure doesn't make any sense. Ah, <laughs> uh, Zunk. Zonk. Zonk. Oh or my whatever. god, not since The Shining has a character <laughs> just like been immediately wiped off the map. <laughs> Instantly murked. He did nothing. <laughs> He sharpened a lot of axes and didn't get to use them. Uh, all the all the zombies in that the come gombies? alive, all the zombies that come alive in uh, Act Three and Raz are there? at least a couple of our kids, right? They got there are some characters. Are they the people over thirty years that Lucas Carlyle has killed? I Are some of them old employees of the I mean, of the Hellgate again, show? I, I bet Are they still employees of the Hellgate <laughs> show? I, I bet he went his way through all the employees of Hellgate when he was learning to use the crystal. Oh, that would make a lot and of sense. And then anyone mm. else everyone else is people who wandered into Hellgate. Right, like there's the guy there, there's the guy at the barber shop. Like there's just some random people. The thing that we see about the crystal is that it makes things explode. Yet, there sure are a lot of people here who have not exploded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it would have been really funny if there was just some piles of goo, you know, like like body parts <laughs> oh. just sort of like sliding along the ground to try yes, to get them agreed. or whatever. Oh, and there sure are some real variable quality uh, oh, in the- Oh, of makeups effects? Yeah, of makeup effects in this movie. Yeah, some of them have like just a droopy like- eye socket that's it it's like a bag under her eye lucas carlisle what he's been doing for the last 30 years i don't know still could use some practice time on the old crystal okay. yes. <laughs> <laughs> mostly is missing with the crystal yeah he needs a shooting range out there i think there's only his daughter is the one time in this movie lucas carlisle uses the crystal to a purpose he seems to intend <laughs> Well, and successfully. That's the one that mattered, didn't it? <laughs> and and I guess the death of Zonk, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, otherwise. True. Well, that's that's actually, you know what? There is something so funny about this crystal, uh, wherever it's coming from. Whatever is sending the power of the crystal to Lucas Carlyle, right? Mm-hmm. In this, like, obviously, like, monkey's paw-esque scenario. Right. Which is like, yes, you could bring your daughter back to life, but at what cost? Or like, what other, you know, don't, you don't take this power lightly. And the two, th- it's like, and then he just kept using, yeah. <laughs> kept using it. And the two things he intended to do, bring his daughter back, avenge the ones who attacked her are the two things he does with the crystal yep. effectively. <laughs> and it's like, and then he just keeps using it. It's like the powers that gave him the crystal are like, what? I, did he not notice zombie fish? Did he not, did he not, did he not see zombie fish? Nope, I'm good. The powers are like, usually people have morals about this kind of thing and they stop at some point. It's just like, shut up. <laughs> oh no. Quiet voice. Things I liked, all right. Chuck getting decapitated by a tin dope. sign. Oh, who doesn't so love that? Dope. And his body just keeps walking, Walk- oh, which amazing. was cool. yeah. His body just runs away as Chuck has been doing the whole movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he it died doing what he loved. Stunt double, because again, he couldn't be on set that day. <laughs> he died doing what he loved, leaving production of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Bobby, while mesmerized by the Can Can performance of a blonde version of her, though we never got a close-up of that performer, so okay, we'll take your word for it, movie. <laughs> but fourth death, 
What about random uh, person driving into Hellgate? What is the car? <laughs> oh my who god! Gets, who gets who? Who like swerves out of the way of Matt trying to drive out of Hellgate? Crashes into a building, blows up, then like burns to death. <laughs> I forgot about that. My, yeah, of course you forgot about it. It's out of fucking nowhere. The only explanation I can come up with, and it is a massive stretch, is that that's the car that Zonk drove. And he got out of it, like he barrel rolled out of the car before it drove into there. But oh, even he that got a ride from a friend. <laughs> and his friend is dead, yeah. Who is that guy? Who, who drives it? Who's coming to Hellgate? The stuntman. The stuntman for the production. <laughs> oh, that's why the license plate said stunt. The stranger. <laughs> yeah. Burnt. Burnt to a crisp. Chris, yeah, crispy. Crisp. <sighs> Take... This you zombie bitch! We gotta talk about the, the naked slow motion getting shotgunned out of a third story window, which was yes. epic as hell. So fucking sweet. And so Way slow. To- such a cool so slow. The, it was the, <laughs> such the cool. most slow-mo I've ever seen. So such a cool way to kill a ghost. <laughs> Such a cool way to shotgun blast a ghost out a window is the coolest way to kill a ghost. With an awesome Why did it work? line also was cool. Yeah. I also like that, you know, after that ordeal, uh, absolutely no heat on Matt whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> for, for, for all the uh, g- uh, spectral infidelity he committed yeah. that Yeah, I guess Pam does It doesn't count. I hypnosis. would break up with him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think Pam I think probably she would was be in her, her right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's walking down the stairs like, oh, whoa, where have I been? Yeah. What's yeah. happened? I blacked out babe, back babe, at the you saw Ghostbusters, right? Like, you, you know, if, if a ghost decides to give you a blowjob in the middle of the night, what are you supposed to do with that information, okay? Like, oh, it's not real. I love that dad's only concern, seemingly, besides killing strangers, is making sure that his ghost daughter isn't having sex, and he fails at that multiple times in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Lucas Carlyle sucks. <laughs> Mostly because he got everything he wanted. Yep. Yeah. And uh, is still just, I mean, has been killing people for 30 years. No one's stopping him. Like, yeah, he like literally, he got his daughter back immediately. Got yep. found, a, found a magic rock that brings his daughter back to life. <laughs> yep. Has killed all but one motorcycle guy. <laughs> and he's just down the fucking street. Yeah. Like, he hasn't <laughs> gone anywhere, the other motorcycle guy. And has just been killing travelers to his very successful bullshit ghost town. <laughs> like, his thriving bullshit ghost town is, like, people are still driving there even though everyone who drives in there is killed and, like, made part of the ghoulish sort of cast of the ghost town, right? And even the town authorities down the street are like, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's Hellgate. What are we gonna do? That's a whole other... <laughs> that's a whole other jurisdiction, yeah. yeah. This is life before Google reviews, right? This is, <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, well, I've never heard anything bad about it, so but I, you know it must be pretty good. We got it. We should go. I hadn't really considered the fact that Lucas's whole thing is like, we got. I got to get revenge. Zonk is just living up the street. <laughs> 
Lucas could just roll up. He's got long range. It's not like he needs to like kill yeah. the like you, he's yeah. got he a long range. He's garage. got a range oh, weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can just blow up the whole garage. The gas station? Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. easy to blow up. <laughs> Famously yeah. difficult to explode gas station. <laughs> It's a bold statement to have on the cover from the creature effects people of these other movies and then have bad creature effects. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill from the fish. In the Hellgate, the haunted Hellgate, the Josie sleeps tonight. In the Hellgate, the haunted Hellgate, Josie will get laid tonight. A Rip off report guard. Rip off report guard. <laughs> the Hellgate rip off report card is brought to you by the Steve Gutenberg sexual icon era. <laughs> the late 80s saw the rise of the supermodel, statuesque and coke rail thin women with impossible curves, taut skin, alluring eyes, and for a quick second there, we were just throwing them at semi-charming assistant high school volleyball coach looking motherfuckers. <laughs> the Steve Gutenberg sexual icon era. Men wanted to be him and probably could. <laughs> Our movie Hellgate takes place in the town? of Lucas Carlyle's Hellgate, an authentic 1890s ghost town attraction that is only ever referred to as a town while clearly being entirely made up of western backlot facades. <laughs> Since historians are still unclear as to why people in the 1890s built only the fronts of buildings, we just have to assume its legitimacy. The great united S's of A are covered in hundreds of ghost towns, dilapidated and abandoned reminders of North American Western expansion and the mineral bonanzas of the late 19th century giving way to the industrialization of the 20th. And while you could spend hours researching and reciting the endless and endlessly grisly fascinating stories of infamous ghost town attractions, I just didn't want to work that hard and will instead choose to spend my ripoff report card on something tangentially related that I just learned about and wanted to talk about, so here we go. <laughs> but it is about a town and a dead guy, so what do you want from me? Nestled in the Poconos Mountains of northeastern Pennsylvania is the town of Jim Thorpe. <laughs> like Hellgate's Lucas Carlisle's Hellgate, this town is also named after a guy, <laughs> and its history is nearly as ghoulish. Because Jim Thorpe was one of the most storied athletes of the early 20th century, a professional football slash baseball player, a barnstorming early basketball hoopsman, and a multi-medaled Olympian, Jim Thorpe, who was raised in the Sock and Fox Nation of Oklahoma under the name Wathohuck, which means bright path, carved one of his own through sports history by becoming the first Native American to win an Olympic gold medal. Wow. At the okay, 1912 yes. Olympics in Stockholm, he won the pentathlon, which included long jump, javelin, discus, 200-meter, and 1,500-meter races, coming in first in all but the javelin, and then followed up by winning the decathlon, beating his nearest challenger, Sweden's Hugo Weislander, by nearly 700 points, setting a new world record of 8,412 points, which would stand until 1948. In presenting Thorpe with his two gold medals, the patron of the games, King Gustav V of Sweden, said to him, you, sir, are the greatest athlete in the world. Ooh. 
And though corporate stooges like ABC Sports and the Associated Press would later agree, naming him the greatest sportsman of the first 50 years of the 20th century, Jim Thorpe's legacy was not without controversy. For when a report appeared in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette stating that Thorpe received small payments for appearances he made in the pro baseball Rocky Mount Club of North Carolina in 1909 and 1910, the Amateur Athletic Union decided to withdraw Thorpe's amateur status retroactively. And later that year, the International Olympic Committee, with strict rules regarding athletes' amateur status, unanimously decided to strip Thorpe of his Olympic titles, medals, and awards, which may have been because they were sticklers or may or may not have also been over his indigenous ethnicity, because it's not like folks back then were super cool about it. Thorpe eventually retired from top-level sports at the age of 41, right at the start of the Great Depression. And he struggled to find regular non-athletics work, getting odd jobs as a construction worker, a bouncer, a security guard, and a ditch digger, eventually even really slumming it as an extra and bit part player in Hollywood. And then in early 1953, Thorpe went into heart failure for a third time while having dinner with his wife Patricia Askew in their home in Lomita, California. He died on March 28th at the age of 65. And that is where our story After Thorpe's funeral was held at St. Benedict's Catholic Church in Shawnee, Oklahoma, his body laid in state in the Fairview Cemetery. The people of Shawnee began fundraising efforts to erect a memorial and even petitioned state legislatures for funding. But a bill that included $25,000 for their proposal was vetoed by governor at the time, Johnston Murray. This pissed off Patricia Askew who had been left in a bit of a financial pickle by her late husband's death. So Patricia Askew interrupted her husband's tribal burial service, accompanied by Oklahoma State Troopers, and whisked Jim's body into a hearse and departed, leaving the rest of his relatives there gaping. At least that is according to a Condé Nast article about it. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know <laughs> if they were gaping. I don't know about the their gaping, but... Old Miss Askew, she did have a little scheme up her hands, and it was a quite a skew. Patricia proceeded to shop the body around to various towns in the nation, hoping to find one that would pony up for a nice memorial and a little extra cash for the legendary athlete. When she heard the small Pennsylvania towns of Mock Chunk and East Mock Chunk, a ghost town of its own, the fathers of Mock Chunk hoped to bring in some tourism dollars uh, to keep (laughs) their town afloat as the local coal industry died out. And even, (laughs) as I found out, since they had lost the town's gravity railroad, a thing I had never heard of. I had to look it up. Imagine what you have to jump up as Mario in the first Donkey Kong game. And that's what this town was struggling by losing. So they decided that they would rebury Thorpe's coffin in the town, in soil bought from his native land of Oklahoma, as well as from Stockholm, the site of his great Olympic glory. They built a monument site which contained Jim Thorpe's tomb, two statues of him in athletic poses, and historical markers recounting his life story. They even went on to change the name of their towns to Jim Thorpe. So they took Jim Thorpe and put him in Jim Thorpe and named it Jim Thorpe (laughs) in the hope that Jim Thorpe fans would come from far and wide to pay their respects. Well, wouldn't you know it, 
Uh, the rest of the Thorps weren't crazy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and Thorpe's sons worked for decades to get their dad's body to return to his native Oklahoma. In 2010, they sued the town of Jim Thorpe. Whoa. And on April 19th, 2013, Judge Richard Caputo of the U.S. District Court of the Middle District of Pennsylvania ruled in favor of Jim Thorpe's sons. Citing the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, they argued that the agreement between Patricia Thorpe and Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, the town, not the person, <laughs> was made against the wishes of other family members who wanted him buried in Native American land. And that seemed pretty cut and dry until October 23rd, 2014, when the town appealed this decision and a three-judge panel of the U.S. Third Circuit Court of Appeals overturned Judge Caputo's ruling and ruled in favor of the Thorpians. The... Reversal is based on what is known as the, quote, absurdity doctrine, <laughs> which judges can use when they think the results of a case have gone against congressional intent. <gasps> In a quote, Chief Judge Theodore McKee said that uh, Thorpe's burial accommodated the wishes of his wife and was therefore lawful. In addition, he said, we find that applying NAGPRA, the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, to Thorpe's burial in the borough is a Clearly absurd result, contrary to Congress's intent to protect Native American burial sites. <laughs> and that Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, is not subject to the statute's requirement that his remains be returned to Thorpe's descendants. Bill and Richard Thorpe, the surviving uh, children and family of Jim Thorpe, appealed this to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the last update on that is on October 5th, 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the matter at all, effectively bringing the legal process to an end. So, if you would like, you can still visit Jim Thorpe's Memorial, found along North Street, Route 903, <laughs> north of the town, at one Joe Boyle Circle, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, 18229, where you can pay your respects, or if you really want to be respectful, steal that guy's body and bring it back to Oklahoma. <laughs> Rest in power, Jim Thorpe. Oh, fuck America. What a weird place. <laughs> and that has somehow been the Hellgate Report card. I'm on a highway to Hellgate. I'm on a highway to Hellgate. Highway to Hellgate. Rip off report card. <laughs> All right, well, unless there's a hell-based political controversy, I don't want to hear anything more about Hellgate, except, of course, for these final thoughts and what may end up on the final test. I'm excited to explore the TV series that they spun off of this movie, um, Hellgate SG-1, Hellgate Atlantis, <laughs> and the slightly less well-received Hellgate Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Josh, it's pronounced Helgate. Uh. It comes from the French word meaning what? And <laughs> bananas. You know, you're all assholes. You really are. I really mean it. <laughs> Y'all, do you mind? I would like, you know, you never want to plan for these sort of things, but... Uh, I guess you you know you have to. That's just life, right? That's the reality. So I've had, uh, I'm I, I in the event of my death, mm -hmm. I am sending all of you some uh, 
glossy eight by ten boudoir shots for you to hang in your room. And I will think of me. weep over it, Casey, while also imagining you uh, in a mat running in slow motion towards us. <laughs> that's how. I, that's how I want to be remembered. Thank you for tuning in to our Schlocktober feature of Hellgate. We'd like to thank Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for our theme song, Justin Ferraro of The Rizzos and Lowboy for our bed music, and Shearer for our amazing logo. And from the entire Video High class, Casey Regan, Jamie Kennedy, Josh Roth, and myself, Greg Hansen, we'd like to thank you for listening. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The funniest bit for me was that Chuck kept being unavailable for, and they kept needing to ADR reasons why <laughs> Chuck is not about to be in the scene we're about to see. Yeah. And then when you do have that actor, like all the dialogue is extended moments of calling him an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Simple Equations Podcast Network.